Oh. Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today we're welcoming Sherilyn Bisbano onto the podcast to talk about her book, Shine, Don't Wine. I love it. Sherilyn, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I got your questions ahead of time. I'm like, this. these questions are so powerful. And you did your homework. You read the book. Thank you so much. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Oh, well, thank you for sharing your heart. I mean, you share a lot of hard stuff in this book. It, I know it wasn't easy. And so just to see God using some hard things in your past and in your life to formulate this message and for you to be obedient in mm. presenting it to other people, that's big. So thank you. Thank you for being courageous well, and obedient. Amen. I mean, when I first became a believer, it seemed like everybody was, I don't want to say fake, but you would say, how are you? And you know them well enough to know their lives aren't going very well. But in church, it's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Praise God. And, and I'm like, but I'm not fine. But if I go in there and say, I'm not fine, then I don't look like a Christian. Do you know what I mean? So I said, I, I'm sorry, I am going to be real. And if people don't like that, if they don't like the realism of the struggle of trying to become more Christ, like allowing God to become more Christ-like in you and the, just the struggle of healing, then that's between them and God. Because David, I mean, look at the Psalms, David, you know, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. So I'm, I, I'm going to be real. Well, I love that because I think when you're real, it gives other people permission to be real too. And it just, Amen. you know, it's kind of a ripple effect. And so I love that. I love that. Amen. Amen. Well, we like to ask each of our guests before we get into your book about um, what is your favorite prayer closet? Where do you go? It doesn't have to be a closet or a room. It mm -hmm. could be anywhere off the wall. We kind of like the crazy ones, but <laughs> well, I, normal too. I read the book Practicing the Presence by Brother Lawrence. Ah, love it. I love that book. And, that was... and so I don't have a specific prayer closet. I, I feel the closest to God when I wake up in the morning and he's opening my eyes and opening my heart and he's telling me what to pray for. He's the Holy Spirit is, is um, I don't want to say verbally, he's not verbally telling me, but he's impressing on my heart. This is what I wanted you to do today. This is who I want you to pray for. And throughout the whole day, I'm talking to him. I'm talking to him about the woman who's standing behind me who in, in the, in line, who looks sad. I'm talking to him about, um, my son who is in North Carolina. I'm talking to him about my husband. I'm talking to him about me. I'm talking to him about this, this, um, you know, talk that you and I are doing. And I just talk to him about everything. And, I have to say, when you practice the presence, not that I have it down perfect, nothing that happens is surprising, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. It may be at the second, but you're like, okay, God is with me. He's always been with me. He's listening to me. I don't have to go to a specific closet for to pray to him, to talk to him. And I'm not saying that's wrong. It's not at all. 
but it's like my closet is where my feet are, I guess. <laughs> and my knees are wherever I pray. I love that. And you bring up such a good point that I think is neglected, which is that prayer isn't just talking to God. It's mm. talking with God and mm. to make space for that guidance. I love how you put that, that your prayers are shaped, that you're, you know, kind of going to him with this attitude. And it doesn't have to be like a, you know, I think some people are afraid that when we get into talking about hearing from God, that we might stray into some kind of like metaphysical or new age kind of thing. And but I mean, the Bible is clear that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's how we test and approve what God's will is. And that transformation mm -hmm. comes from scripture. And I believe that with the Holy Spirit in us, you know, he's supposed to be our teacher. So yes, he's not going to yes. teach. And, and I think, you know, while it's so important to be biblically grounded in Amen. our yes. hearing from God and our leading from God to test and approve everything to make yes. sure that it's in alignment with scripture and truth. I think we shy away from sometimes the idea of being open. And it sounds like what you're doing is you just kind of go into your relationship with God with a posture of receiving his direction. You're teachable and moldable. And so if you can go into it with that kind of attitude, I, I just can't imagine why he would ever say no to that. How That's one that, prayer. It, I resolved. Things. Yes, I resolved because I, I would give God my list and say, this is what I'm going to do today. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And after, after it, it didn't work. And, yeah. and after studying and studying the Holy spirit, who is God and Jesus gave us the Holy spirit, who is our counselor. And in the, all through the book of acts, it says that the Holy spirit led Paul this way or the uh, this person this way and I'm like I want to be led by the Holy Spirit I want mm -hmm. the spirit I don't want to quench the spirit I want to be empowered by the spirit and listen to the spirit because I think everybody listening right now Jamie they want to hear from God they mm -hmm. want to be guided but we have to I think of being still and knowing he is God see striving and know he's God. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit put on my heart, don't put your feet on the ground until I give you your marching orders. So in the morning, I pray, Lord, what do you have for us today? And it's usually in keeping with what I normally would be doing. But sometimes he has put something totally different on my heart and said, I want you to call this person and take them to coffee. Or I want you to go visit your mother. Or call your sister, um, or stay home, stay off social media. I want to be alone with you. Um, and, and that impression on your heart, it, you, it just gives you that joy knowing that you're doing what he wants you to do. And it's all in accordance with the word of God. Yeah. That's important. I love that. And, you know, yesterday I had kind of an experience with that where I don't definitely do this perfectly, but yesterday I had a long list of things to do. And as I started doing them, I hadn't prayed about it ahead of time. And as I started getting my, I literally had the list one to 10 and 
I started in on the list and I just felt like everything was falling apart. I was getting Mm -hmm. distracted. I was Mm -hmm. getting sidetracked. And so I just stopped and I was like, God, help me to get all these things done. And just like you said, (laughs) there was a still small voice that was like, (laughs) are you sure that's the list? You know, are you sure that's the thing? And so I was like, okay, God. And I literally opened my hands up and I just held up my hands and I said, thy will be done. Show me your priorities, order my steps. Mm -hmm. And so I did start with number one and I got started and I actually finished number one, but there was something that was not on the list that Mm -hmm. I felt very drawn to. And I thought, am I procrastinating by doing this thing or is this a God pushing me to do it? And as I started doing it, I felt God's words coming. It was an email Mm -hmm. that I really felt like he wanted me to write to our, our Mm -hmm. email list of encouragement and, and just a word that he had given me through scripture. And so anyway, um, by the end of it, I was like, okay, I think God really did this, but I guess I'm going to have to just say goodbye to the other eight items that I didn't get to by the end of the day, every single one of them was checked off. And that doesn't mean that it had to be either. Like I think resigned to, you know what God's three things that I was supposed to get done on that list. That was God's list and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But by God's grace, I ended up getting them all done. And I was just like, there is no way that in Uh on my trajectory pre prayer that I would have been able to accomplish those things. And so thank you for sharing that because people can't see your face right now, but your face just lit up when you were talking about being obedient to God's calling. It's just so freeing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It definitely is. I love that about (laughs) just about the Christian walk is that we're, mm-hmm. we're never alone. He's always there to guide us. We're never just left out in left field with no idea what to do. You know, we can always go to him and say, God help that. Even if that's the only word or the only thought, just God mm-hmm. help. And he meets us. And that's, he does. He powerful. That's why we have God living inside of us. And when I did a study on the Holy spirit, I'm like, The power of that rose Christ from the dead lives in me. Mm -hmm. The wisdom that built this earth and this universe lives in me. The, The love, the patience, the kindness, all that lives in me. I have access to that. What am I doing to quench it? And what am I doing to, to, um, utilize, allow God to utilize me? I'm sorry. It's, it's not us doing it. It's not us allowing the Holy Spirit. I want to I want to phrase this properly because Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Jesus Christ now lives in me. And we are the conduit of the Holy Spirit. We are the vessel. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to operate in and through us, oh, mighty things can be done. Mm. Yeah, mighty things. And, and it's, I, I just, I I think of some of the things like I, if I can share one thing, Mm -hmm. um, I've been praying and praying and praying, Lord, use me, use me. Um, I really want to be used by you. He orchestrated through another ministry that I do, um, to start teaching at, uh, to start teaching an online college that ministers to students in Malaysia, Sri Lanka, wow. India, and Germany. And I'm like, 
Lord, I never, I, I never thought that would happen. And when I see all those beautiful faces in that, that just spectrum of color, looking back at me when I'm teaching, it, it's just, I, I just give God all the praise. And if I put him in a box or didn't listen to him, I'd be, I'd be forcing where God would want me to teach my book or forcing, trying to force it in, in, in it's, in it's, it's, it's like dragging chains. You mm. can't, it's, it's hard. You can't get very far no. <laughs> when you're dragging chains. That's a good analogy. Mm, that's good. Well, can you give us an overview of this acronym that you use in your book? Actually, before we do that, I, I just want you to talk a little bit about what prompted you to write this book. What was it that, <laughs> what gave you this, the spark that was like, okay, I need to write a book. I was a speaker. I'm still a speaker and teacher. I love the word of God. I just, I wanted to be a pastor and then um, decided through my studies that God didn't want me to be a pastor. He wants me to teach women. And so I would be in the word of God. I'd teach the word of God. And one morning I woke up and life was not fun. My son, we found out has had Asperger's, but he was pulling, pulling hair, biting kids in school. We didn't know where our next meal was coming from. We moved from Rhode Island up to New Hampshire to take care of my aunt. Just life was not, was not fun. My fibromyalgia was acting up. And I said, and I, woke up and most of us it's it, it all has to do with attitude I had a bad attitude and I'm like Lord I teach this stuff I just I was whining and complaining I became a whiner and a complainer I had people telling me that I whine too much you know so when people tell you you know you do <laughs> so, yes. friends so I'm like, Lord, I don't want to whine. I want to have the joy of the Lord be my strength. I want it to be real. I don't want to go to church and, oh, I'm fine. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm not, I don't want that. I want it to be real. Mm. So I said, Lord, you have to change my attitude. And he impressed on my heart to go downstairs and get my coffee and open up the Bible and look up the word attitude. But my first thought was, the first verse that came to my mind was in Philippians 2, where it says, having the attitude of Christ, where you humble yourself. And I'm like, okay, well, as you know, as a Bible teacher, um, you read things in context. So I started reading Philippians 1, where it says, do everything without complaining or arguing. <laughs> so <laughs> everything shine like a star in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Now I'm paraphrasing. I said, Lord, I want to shine like a star. Hmm. And I love acrostics. I teach in acrostics. In fact, um, in, so the S was see yourself as God sees you. The T was transform your mind with the word of God. The A is always pray. And the R was, was reflecting God's glory through refinement. But I chipped it away and put refined to shine. And that answers the question, why bad things happen to good people? And I take scripture on each one of these. And when I teach and I counsel women, I find that one of these four principles, 
or one or more are lacking. And so our, their light, my light is not shining bright. Do you see yourself as God sees you? I mean, do you really see yourself as God sees you? Are you in the word of God? Are you transforming your mind? Are you allowing God to use his word through the power of the Holy Spirit to transform your mind, to make you more like Christ? Are you praying? Are you talking to your Abba Father? Father, And are, do you really know what, why bad things happen? Do you know that God said, expect trials? So, and, and so when we're askew in any of those, any of those principles, our joy is not made complete. Our light doesn't shine. We complain. I complain. And so this book took a while to write, but it, I call it my raw and realistic journey through scripture and how the Holy Spirit took the word of God and and performed spiritual surgery on my inner being, that sin and those lies that I believed. Because the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. Well, that sword is, is a little sword that can go in. It's the word of God that can go in and cut out, like a surgical sword, cut out the tumors of sin, the tumors of unbelief and replace it with the with the the salve of healing the salve of the truth and and of course we have like three enemies the world satan and our flesh but that's that's a whole nother topic i'm going i'm kind of teaching the whole book but star is see yourself as god sees you the t is transform your mind the a is always pray and the r is refined to shine and when I went downstairs, I still had a bad attitude. Jamie, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, I like acrostics. So give me an acrostic for attitude. And I got Holy Ghost goosebumps. Can I say that? Yeah. I got Holy Ghost goosebumps. Attitude, a thought that ignites true undivided devotion every time I'll say it again. Cause I know people going in their head spelling oh. attitude, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> a thought that ignites true undivided devotion every time. Mm. Don't we want to have that thought that ignites that consumes us that starts that fire of true undivided devotion every time. And that is Jesus. And I remember thinking, I love this prayer and I pray for myself and I pray for my son and I pray it for a lot of people. David, we talk about King David. We go back to King David. He's a man after God's own heart, but he was one of the biggest sinners in the old Testament. I mean, premeditated murder, yeah. <laughs> he, he checks all the race. boxes. Yeah, he checks bad bad parent, I mean everything, but he had a heart for God. And yeah. he told his son Solomon. This is what he told his son Solomon when he um was 
you know, giving him the blessing to build the temple. He said, my son, Solomon, acknowledge the God of your fathers and serve him with a wholehearted devotion and a willing mind because he knows the motives behind your thoughts. So when I was thinking of attitude, I was thinking, you know, a a thought that ignites true undivided devotion every time. And that's what the word of God does in prayer in the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, we can't just have the word of God without the Holy Spirit. Because if we have the word of God without the Holy Spirit, I liken it to using a chainsaw without pulling the cord. <laughs> it's, it's useless. You can't, it's hopeless. Yeah. And, and so that's what I wanted. I wanted that true undivided devotion. And then he gave me the star, the star um, acrostic. But I had done an I had done an acrostic the first time I ever taught in front of people. My acrostic, <laughs> it was it was um, oh what was it? I can't now. Had to do with being sanctified by the Word of God, and it was like it was way too long. the The word was way. The first one was see yourself as God sees you and transform your mind with the Word of God. So I already had the first two. And I highly recommend it, not because I wrote it, but because if you struggle with any of those principles, this book is going to take you through the the nitty gritty, the nitty gritty. I mean, you told me that you, that I was raw and realistic. People, if you're not real with your feelings, God knows what you're feeling. You know that, Jamie. God knows what you're feeling. God knows when I get angry at someone, really angry. I say, Lord, I just want to scratch their eyes out. <gasps> Christians shouldn't be saying that. But that's what I feel. But do I do it? No. God, I say, Lord, this person's really made me angry. And I really feel like scratching their eyes out. Help me love them like you. And you know what? Sometimes he does. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time, but, um, and if I offended anybody, um, that's, you can email me. (laughs) I don't think that would offend anyone at all, Sherilyn. I think that's very realistic. And I think the important thing is no matter what crosses your mind, like you said, God knows When you confess it, when you get it out of there, I mean, think of the flip side. If you had a thought about someone that was terrible and you kept it under wraps and you put on this happy Christian face and pretended even to yourself, like, I think we lie to ourselves sometimes and stuff stuff down that's toxic that that festers and it becomes worse and it becomes an area bitterness. Yes withheld from the light where the enemy can work. It's giving Satan a foothold in that's, that's why the Bible talks about, you know, don't, don't Mm -hmm. uh, let the sun go down on your anger because it gives the devil a foothold. Anything that we hold on to that we keep in the darkness, we're like giving Satan like a stomping ground there. So no, I I think it, yeah, it's important to be real. It makes me think of what Jesus said to the Pharisees. He called them whitewashed tombs. Mm. 
yeah. that, I mean, you think about that visual, imagine a whitewashed tomb that has a dead body. It stinks inside. It's corpse, the corpse inside it's pungent. And that's what God thinks of the whitewashed tombs, mm-hmm. but I'm not, he doesn't think of that of his brother, of his children though. One thing I do want to say, if you're struggling with something, God already knows Jesus died for that sin. He died for your sins, past, present, and future. God already knows. If he already knows, go to him. He wants, he's there to help you. He's not that angry. He's not that angry God in the sky waiting for you to mess up. That's not, he's, he's the guy that crouches. He's the God that crouches and opens his arms and, and lends his ear toward you. And he sweeps you up in his arms and he says, tell me what's going on. And you can say, Abba, Father, I just, I'm so angry. And he will tell you, he will help you. He wants you to repent and say, you know, repent means just change your mind about it and go and say, God, I was wrong. I need to do it your way. So help me to do it your way in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then keep going. And if Satan keeps reminding you you of that, just say, "Mm -mm -mm." the truth is God's already taking care of that. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to Faithful Counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy, and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. But I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. Amen. So I I felt like I needed that because a lot of people look at God, their 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 view or their teaching has been that God is waiting for them to to do something wrong, and it's He's not. He already knows you're going to do something wrong. <laughs> he's just waiting for you to say, "Help me." <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one part of that S of seeing yourself as God sees you that goes hand in hand with that is seeing God correctly. Amen. You don't see God correctly. I mean, I feel like our experiences as humans, when we start calling God, our father, I mean, that can be loaded. I mean, that can be a loaded title when you don't Mm -hmm. have a a healthy relationship with your father, or you don't see, um, you don't, you don't see God's character displayed in church leadership, or if you're taught, a certain kind of theology that is either one-sided where you don't see the whole piece of who God is Mm -hmm. or maybe just totally false. You know, it's, I think all of that is dangerous. So it's so important. And I I actually cover that in in my book because Mm -hmm. 
I talk about, I, I had a father who was abusive in every way imaginable. And I'm not, I don't go into details because you don't need the visual picture. Um, but God, he, through this process, he healed me and he showed me who he is. Um, he chose me, God chose me to be here, not my abusive father. And so that's John 1, 12, I think it is in 13 for those who he, um, it's, I think it's John 1, 12 and 13. I don't have it off the top of my head right now, but he gave us the right to become children of God, children, not born of a human decision or a father's will, but born of God. So it means God chose us. So if you are going through, if you've had a father or a mother that's abused you, your identity is not who they say you are. Your identity is not that. Don't remain in victim mode. Let God love you with his patience and kindness and let God heal you. And you know what? You might have to fight for that healing with God because we have enemies, but, but you will become triumphant. I have to say the healing process was one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through with the Lord, but it was so worth it. So worth it. It's like that butterfly in the cocoon. You know, it's that caterpillar in the cocoon and it struggles and it struggles in the darkness and it struggles in the darkness. And if you take it out too early, it will die. But you, it, kept, it keeps struggling and struggling and struggling and then it breaks free mm-hmm. and can fly and see things from God's perspective. And the struggling is worth it. And part of the process, you know, it is the process. It is the process. Yeah. And oh, that's so important to remember that it may not come easily because it can't come easily. It goes back to that refining process that you talk about that reveals the shine and it has to happen to refine. And oh, I love that. Well, you kind of touched on this earlier, but in your book, you describe Um, your actual quote, this is, I think my favorite line from the whole book (laughs) to pray. The scriptures is to perform spiritual surgery in a person's innermost being. And you sort of talked about that, the word Mm. of God as performing spiritual surgery Mm. to target these tumors that, that grow and proliferate in our, in our souls. So Mm. can you um, have there? So what are some of these tumors, you're touching on some of them. You're talking about some of these deep wounds that we have Mm. from being sinned against in horrible ways by humans, which is bound to happen, unfortunately. And I'm so sorry for what you've had to endure and go through. Well, Um, thank you. And God has, let's preface it with this. We, the, the, God is not always going to rescue us from trials, tribulations, or because the effects of sin, original sin are everywhere. Yeah. The effects of original sin are everywhere. They're in the brain. They're in the world. They're in the, in our flesh. They're everywhere. So we have to expect things are going to happen. You know, I can't say, well, God, if you loved me, why, why didn't you rescue me from the the abuse of my father? I could have said that, but I'm like, you know what? My father chose because he was abused to abuse me in many ways. 
So am I going to continue that or am I going to allow God to set me free? So um, some of the inner deep sins, and I, and I am going to be very honest, with pride was one of mine. When I first became a believer, so when I do things, I throw myself into it. So as a believer, I was going to be a good believer. I memorized Bible verses and <laughs> yeah. I did this. I, I did everything. And boy, did I look like a good Christian. I did. I, I wore the dresses I was supposed to wear and I looked like a good Christian. And people would not know on the inside I was miserable. Mm-hmm. There was, But I kept that wall up because if that wall came down, there would just be too much. And I wouldn't be a good Christian anymore. And so there was that pride. I had to, I had to memorize the word and, and I had to be the best at everything or my Abba father wouldn't love me. I had to be the best at everything. So I could try to earn my biological father's love or earn other people's respect. So there was pride of having to be the best perfectionism and everything else. And, oh boy, that is, those chains are heavy. And when God started chipping away at the perfectionism and the pride, oh, I went kicking and screaming because there's, there's, you want to be, you want to be excellent for the Lord. Right. But I was striving for perfection, not excellence. Mm-hmm. at first and I had a good friend who actually gave me a tape I'm, I'm, I'm showing my age a cassette tape <laughs> I remember those two yeah. um perfection versus excellence perfectionism versus excellence Ooh. and I listened to it and pride and and just a lot of different things were addressed and I never realized, I would never have said I was a a prideful person, but I I was, and I still have pride, pride, you know, it lifts its ugly head in me sometimes. And I'm like, Lord, you got to show me, I want to be humble like Jesus, you know, and this is kind of funny. Somebody said to me, Sherry came up to me and said, Sherry Lynn, out of the blue, Sherry Lynn, if I got you a butt that said most humble, would you wear it? And I'm like, part of me almost said, yes, most humble. And I'm like, and now think about it. If you put it on, are you really humble? (laughs) I'm like, trick question, (laughs) trick question. But my initial reaction was, yes, I would wear it. And that right there, I didn't say it, but in my head, I did. And the Holy Spirit said, see, you're not humble. You're prideful. You want people to see, you want people to see what you're doing for the Lord. Yeah. And are you, you, yeah, it's, yeah, but it's not what we do for the Lord. It's what the Lord does in and through us. And, And there's a huge difference, right, Jamie? Oh, absolutely. It's a fine line though. And it's easy to hide one from the other or convince ourselves that we're doing one and not the other. But what Mm -hmm. I love about your story and just the things as you've been sharing your experiences is 
um, you are, you are very teachable. I mean, you're talking about, <laughs> oh, my friends told me that I whine too much. Well, a lot of people would just go get new friends that would tell them what they wanted to hear. And it sounds like you uh, were very receptive to that. And you went to God with that. And with this thing where, you know, God revealed to you that you're prideful. A lot of people would shut that voice out and be like, well, no, I I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to well, go I this did way. at first. I did yeah. at first. <laughs> I did at first, but God, but see, I wanted to please my friends. I was a right. people pleaser at the same time. Oh yeah. And I hated it at first, but I had that mask, mm -hmm. but God saw through the mask and he worked through all of that mm -hmm. because he knew ultimately I want to serve him. I do. I want to serve him. And one of the biggest questions, because I was so broken and I'd been through so much abuse and stuff, one of the biggest questions, and I think a lot of people have this question, well, what about me, Lord? What about me if I don't get what I want my way? And it's not be, it's like, what about me? I'm going to be, I'm going to be trampled on. People are going to trample on me and I'm going to be abused again. And that is a, that is a notable fear. you think about it, God, you have to keep, I had to keep telling myself, he will never leave me nor forsake me. He loves me. Love is patient. Love is kind. He has my, my best interest. So if I'm serving him and putting him and other people first, he's going to take care of my needs. And that's learned. I mean, Paul said he learned contentment. It wasn't, in a, it wasn't just served to him on a platter and he knew it. No, yeah. he learned it. But you think about it. I mean, if you are asking God, what about me? That, that's, a, that's a valid question to ask God. And he will say, put me first, serve others, and you'll see what happens. Hmm. It's like the joy, Jesus, others, and you. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard? heard of that acronym jesus I others heard that i've heard that for joy hierarchy but no i haven't yeah. heard that I, I i i actually wrote a post about it today for one of the um places that i write um devotions for but i heard about it because i wasn't joyful and my friend was telling me sherry lynn the joy of the lord needs to be your strength she knew she was a good friend she knew i was she knew i was being phony about my christian walk she knew it you know, she was wearing the mask. I didn't know it, but she knew it. And she taught me, she said, Jesus, others than you put Jesus first, love God. It's, it's, it's all in the number one commandment, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus added, love others as yourself. Hmm. And when you do that, you fulfill the commands because we get the love from God we pour it out into others' lives. And in doing that, we are fulfilled because we're, we are obeying his command, which brings us great joy. It's it just the Holy Spirit just rejoices in us when we're obeying God. Mm -hmm. And people don't like that word obedience, but it's... <laughs> it's there. So get used to it and learn to love it. <laughs> it is. Well, and there's freedom in it. I was having a conversation. There is with, so much freedom in it, Jamie. Yeah. I, I was having so a much. conversation with my 
think it was with our high schooler, our 10, 10th grader, just talking about, um, you know, the, the teacher posed a question in history class about what uh, do you think that there are too many laws or too few laws and why? And so it got us on this conversation about um, what laws are for and what rules are for. And I mean, he mm-hmm. just, I was blown away by how insightful and I always have been with him. He's just very insightful about things. And he was just talking about how the laws are, and, you know, with a parallel to scripture, the law with a capital L God's mm-hmm. way of living is designed to protect us to live yes. the most freely yes. and that there's a difference between a freedom and a liberty. And so it's just a very interesting thing, but just that insight that he had of laws are meant to protect our ability to live freely and a structure and a framework for freedom. And what what a great conversation with your son. Yeah. And it was just a real huge, obviously parallels to the ultimate laws of the universe created by and established by the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. I I think of that verse where it says, um, to love the Lord is to obey his commands and his mm-hmm. commands are not burdensome. Yeah. And that's in first John. And you think about it. So let's break this down, Jamie. It's like to love God is to obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome. Well, why I, I said to myself, well, why aren't they burdensome? Because the word of God says he being confident of this very thing, he who began a good work in you, but it says being confident of this, that it, he has given us everything we need for life and godliness, according to our knowledge of Jesus. Hmm. He also said, I can do through all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have been given everything we need. We have it. So we have even been given the ability to love God because he gave us, he poured his love out into our hearts through the Holy spirit. That's what Romans five, five says. So, We can't ever say, I can't love someone because we have the love of God in us. That love that is patient and kind, not envious, boastful, rude, that love that keeps no record of wrong. That's the hard one. And the love that believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. That love that never fails. That love is inside of us. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, we were talking about seeing ourselves as God sees us. Well, God is like that toward us. He loves us, but he also is a just God. So we can't, we can't go to him and say, well, God will forgive me if I go sleep around on my husband. No, I mean, he's, I'm sorry, and be very blatant, but um, he's already forgiven that sin, but he's not going to allow me to continue in that sin that's not loving that's not loving to god and that's not loving my husband but so we can't just justify our behavior with god is love you know love is not speak the truth in love things like that you love your son you love your kids i love my son we love them enough to discipline them that's why i think it's romans 13 or Hebrews 13 that talks about God loves us so much. He disciplines us. So 
I mean, I'm going on and on, but I'm just, I'm just, thank you for having me. I, 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 my heart is to help my brothers and sisters understand that they can pray to a God who loves them. Mm-hmm. And we're in, in praying Christian women in God doesn't want you to be fearful to go to him and pray for anything and everything because he loves you. And he already knows what's on your mind. You know, one time I, Jamie, I prayed for a pair. I wanted a pair of black jeans when I first became a Christian. I couldn't afford them. I wanted a pair of black jeans. I said, God, I want a pair of black jeans. My size showed up with my friend, came over the house. She had my size black jeans. She gave them to me. I didn't even ask. That's amazing. You didn't even have to put the word out. (laughs) Didn't even have to help that out. No. And, and things like that happen. He cares about little things. I mean, if I pray for a Mercedes to show up in my, in in my garage tomorrow morning, I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. but I have the mode of transportation to get me where I need to go. (laughs) And, you know, he always gives us what we need. And -hmm. sometimes he even gives us what we want. Just, I think just because I think just to meet us where we are, I've in the last few weeks, I've been listening to stories of women, either audiobooks or podcasts where these kinds of miraculous provisions Mm -hmm. Some are basic needs like groceries when the house was empty of food. Mm -hmm. Others were things like you're talking about where it's like, you know, he could, he could have just given you a pair of sweatpants to keep you from freezing, but he gave you what you asked for. And, you know, the, the Bible says you have not because you ask not, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that just because you ask you're going to have, but what it means is go to him. It, what, you know, and it goes back to that analogy of a loving parent that desires our absolute best withholds no good gift that is in our absolute best interest. And, mm-hmm. and, and so when we go to that God, it's, it's freeing and yeah, it is. If I can sh- share one short story, yes, please. Do. I have a, a friend, um, he's with the Lord now, but he and his wife, uh, were in the Israeli army. He's Irish, but he, um, all of the, um, Jewish ways, because this, you know, my friend, her name is Elizabeth. She reads everything in the Hebrew Bible. She reads, studies Hebrew because she's Jewish, but she's also a believer. So he knew all of the ways, the teachings of how Jesus, you know, the, the Jewish perspective, and they raised their kids that way. So we were going over to Bible study. Oh, this was a long time ago. And their daughter, we walk in and their daughter, you hear the husband, my friend, Kevin say, just go to your room and you think about it. So she goes to her room and Elizabeth goes and says, you can come out when you're ready. So I'm like, "Uh oh, no screaming, no yelling. So we're, I'm sitting on the floor. Their daughter walks out. She goes and she sits on her floor father's lap and she gives him a hug and she looks in his eyes shakes his face she looks in his eyes she goes Abba forgive me and he hugged her makes me cry every time I tell the story he hugged her and he said I love you you're forgiven we'll talk about it later but you think about that 
why is God called Abba twice in the Bible? They called him Abba, Father. If you have a godly father, you revere him, but you also are able to go and sit in his lap, hug him and say, forgive me. Mm. But he won't put you off till later to talk. Kevin had a Bible study to teach, but God can talk to multiple people at once. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that just a beautiful picture? Oh, that's that is. It's a beautiful picture. And I think it's so helpful. And I think, you know, just so helpful to have those snapshots of how we can approach God. Because, and I think, I think that that is something that someone listening needs to hear right now. I needed to see that because I cried when I saw it because I didn't have a father sit in his lap and hug. And when, and it clicked Abba and I just, I started crying. I told my husband later, but it was just a beautiful image of God and us. Well, there is so much more we could be talking about Sherry Lynn. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Before we go, I would love for you to let our listeners know where they can find you online and connect with you, find out more about your book and, and just let us know where do you hang out on social media? If you do, I hang out on Facebook, which is, you know, if you want to friend me, friend, I would love you to friend me on my author page, Sherry Lynn Bisbano author. Um, My personal page is all filled up, but if you want to try to get in my personal page, that's fine. But uh, I'm very, uh, very interactive, but I also am at Sherry Lynn three on Instagram. I'm really trying to do more with Instagram. I actually stayed away for it from it for a while, but I'm at starting to like it. I'm on Twitter, um, Bisbano writes at Bisbano writes. If you, you can go to my website, which is sherrylindisbono.com. But if you want to email me, it's cb at sherrylindisbono.com. But if you have any questions, concerns, comments, I'm easily approached. Uh, I've had people come up to me in church and tell me that I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> and and I would pull them aside and talk to them because, you know, some people are hurting so bad and that's like a whole nother story, but I did learn that from that person that pulled me aside. It wasn't what I said. It was the way I said it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I learned from it. Didn't like it at first, but I learned from it. You know what I mean? Learn from it. And, oh, Jamie, it's so good to, to talk to you. And thank you for reading my book. And thank you for the, the really insightful questions. They were really, truly insightful. And I know we had more questions, but I just kept babbling on and on and on. Nah, well, we prayed ahead of time that God would direct our conversation. I, I totally firmly believe that this was the discussion that we needed to have. And I just appreciate your wisdom, your willingness to share, and we would love to close in prayer with you today. So how can we pray for you? Um, I'm nursing a um, concussion. I have post-concussion syndrome Mm. and we're moving. We're supposed to be moving in April, but mostly pray for my son who is Mm -hmm. 20, 20. I can't believe it. He's in a ministry called life changers. Mm -hmm. Um, He's had some culty. I mean, 
we know that life can throw a lot at us and our kids don't understand sometimes. He has Asperger's and ADHD, but he's doing really well in life changers in North Carolina. So mm -hmm. pray for him. But mostly, if you want to pray for me personally, pray that I cling to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I want to cling to Jesus. When people see me, I want them to see Jesus. That's my biggest prayer. All right. And not well, be afraid to talk, speak up about him. All right. Well, we will definitely do that. Thank you, Sherry Lynn, so much again for being with us today. Thank you. God, we just give you thanks for this time. Thank you for Sherry Lynn and for her book, just for the message that you laid out so specifically on her heart and gave her the courage and the obedience to move forward and sharing with the world. And we just continue to pray God that you would be her source, that she would cling to Jesus, that she would just by being in his presence. I just think of Moses when he was in your presence and he came down off the mountain, he was glowing. Like there was something about him that people knew that he had been in your presence. Let it be like that, that, that Sherry Lynn would just be with Jesus and would come away and just reflect kind of like the R in the star acronym that she would just reflect that light so brightly that it would point people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. God, we just pray for her son. Thank you for him that he's in a ministry that is just bringing uh, truth and healing and uh, growth in his life. And we just pray that he would be um, just transformed by the love of Jesus and just that your hand would be on him. Lord, you have created him for a purpose, very specific purposes, and he's the only one that can accomplish them. And we just pray that you would infuse him with that knowledge, that yes, anointing, Lord. that he would just walk out those purposes with boldness and confidence and that you would bless him. God, we pray for Sherry Lynn's home and her marriage and her family, mm. her ministry, that you would just bless her abundantly and just allow her words to impact more women than she could ever ask or imagine in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the praying Christian women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.